Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Looking forward to getting on a bird and traveling to New Orleans. I guess you could get in a car and drive, too, but we're going to fly. It's a short flight over to New Orleans. Kickoff Sunday night, 7 o'clock, Sports Radio 610. You got Sean and Seth doing the pregame. You got Mark Andre and myself doing the game, and then you got Sean and Clint doing the post game, and then it's the regular season, baby. Oh man! Now it's a Friday, and you know it's a TGIFF. Thank God it's Football Friday, right here on Texans All Access, and well, we got plenty for you. Jerry Hughes is going to join uh, DB City a little later. Robert Woods is also going to join Drew Doherty a little bit later in the show, but we're going to kick it off. First of all, with D'Amico Ryans. He stepped in the studio to talk about this one. It's a pregame interview with Mark Vandermeer and D'Amico Ryans. Coach, you made the decision earlier in the week to not do the joint practices in New Orleans so you could use the facility, get things done. How has that process gone for you leading into the game? Yeah, a little hesitant on how it was going to work out, but, man, it turned out to be a really great move for us. Our guys were able to get back. Some guys were able to recover get more healthy. So it was really good. We have two really good practices on Wednesday, Thursday, and a really great outing on Friday. So it's uh, it was good. We had a very tough physical practice on Thursday, exactly what we needed. So we got the work in that we needed to, and our guys got better this week. So I'm excited about the decision. A few weeks into the season, you play the Saints. So how do you balance trying to be successful in the game and not reveal too much about what you might plan down the line? Right. We have have to keep it very vanilla. (laughs) Since we know we'll see these guys, right, in a few weeks, keep it very vanilla and just allow the guys to just go out and play fast, right? So not a lot of uh, different looks or plays. Just want our guys to play our, our fundamentals of our offensive, defensive schemes, right, and go and play as fast as possible. Well, It was reported Friday that Carr wouldn't play. Jameis Winston, though, former number one overall pick. I mean, this guy brings a lot to the table. What about facing their offense specifically? Yeah, we know one thing, identity of their offense, they're going to be physical, right? They want to run the ball. They have a very physical offensive line. So it's a good matchup for, you know, our our guys, our defensive front. We struggled stopping the run last week versus Miami. So that's a challenge for our guys this week. No matter what we play, are we going to stand up, be more physical, set edges, and stop the run? Great challenge versus New Orleans, right? And Jameis, we know he's a he's been in this league for a long time, made a lot of plays, so it'd be a good match for, you know, our defensive backs going against their receivers and Jameis, see if we can make some plays versus him. Now your offense facing their defense. What about that challenge and the building, the noise, communicating, coaches included, right? That's right. part of it. Yeah, it couldn't have happened at a better time, right? Preseason, everyone needs it, right? So we need the opportunity to play in a hostile environment we know the superdome has always been loud right rowdy fans is going to be loud so we'll see you know how we can operate working you know working a silent cadence Mm -hmm. right and you can't use words so we'll see you know for our young guys up front young quarterbacks see how they operate and what a better opportunity right to do it than now it feels like nobody's calling for fair catches on the kickoffs. <laughs> None of that's going on. So special teams still trying to work it all out, or how important is field position in a game like this, Coach, in a preseason finale? Right, I think with special teams, you're still trying to evaluate returners. So it'll mm-hmm. be easy to fair catch, but you don't get a true look at who are the dynamic returners. Can our guys up front on our front line, can they actually get on blocks, sustain blocks, and finish? So it's an opportunity 
right, to really get a good look, a good evaluation of guys to see how they operate if we do, right, take the option to return it. Coach, thanks a lot. Good luck. All right, thanks, Mark. No, Coach, thank you. Appreciate you stopping by. It's always a fun interview uh, to listen to Miko with Mark in the pregame. Make sure you listen to my interview with Nick Casario for our pregame. That'll be on the pregame show with Sean and Seth on Sunday. Now, I'm about to play for you. Now, I started doing a math in my head. Like This is my 10th year um, alongside Mark doing all the interviews that we've done, and we've had some really good ones. I mean, we've interviewed every – you, you name it, every play. I mean, from coaches to GMs for this organization, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Tyron Matthew. I mean, you name it, we've talked to that particular person. This interview I'm about to play for you might be my favorite of all time. I've been waiting to do this. I don't know that we've had this opportunity to do this. Special teams coordinator Frank Ross might be the most interesting man in the world. And I'm not kidding when I say that. This was about as fun an interview as we could have had. Frank Ross with Mark and myself. Sit down and enjoy and just wait for the story about case number 12. Take a listen. Joining us now in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, it's Frank Ross, special teams coordinator. Coach, how's it going? Good. Can I uh, commandeer the intro? Yes. My best impression. Rock and roll, let's go! <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I, 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 oh, I don't have dude. a voice for radio, but I love that. No, you do. Look, we were just watching the video of you on Deal or No Deal. Oh man, you, on the I was going to spring episode. that on him. I was going to spring that on him. Well, Frank, we were watching. We didn't know what happened, right? So we're watching it in great suspense in yeah. this room together before you came in, and we're we're sweating it out like, oh no, what's gonna happen? And then at the end, oh, I don't want to play spoiler, but it happened a long time ago. Case yeah. number twelve. Yeah, case twelve. How often do you think of case number twelve? I think of case number seven because that was my high school number had the million in it. Yeah, case number seven. And I wore, seven and, I wore and I and I wore twelve because in college, so I was you know I was in college at the time, so I picked it. To wear my college number. Seven had the million? Seven had the million in it. So everybody back in my hometown was like, come on, Frank. I wore seven for Kenny Lofton. Oh, Uh, man. And and, um, yeah. (laughs) Fun story. Glad it's gone. Glad it's gone. Yeah, but you were. How did you get out there to it? How how did that pop up for you? Oh, God. You guys are funny. Um, Long story short is this I wanted to raise money to have Division III football look like Mm -hmm. Ohio State. Sure whatever school we're talking about with all the funding for uniforms. So I got this idea. We filmed us. We submitted a video that I filmed around campus on why John Carroll football needed new uniforms, sent it in to California. We're on me and all of our buddies jump in a car. We drive on spring break. We're on a beach. I get a phone call saying, Hey, we'd love to have you on the show. Wow. (laughs) On the phone. I'm like, all right, who's messing with me? A giant bird dropping right on my phone no i'm thinking like and somebody told me that's to get you know bird yeah stuff on you is is good luck so i'm like all right well ended up getting on the show yeah didn't work out perfectly but we got some white uniforms for our away uniforms with the money um college experience thanks for bringing it up well they must they must have loved you because you were so high energy on the show and you still are that way you've always been that way is it caffeine is it just Uh, the way you're wired what is it coach yeah i i I don't know my old man once told me he goes uh he he said uh don't worry about other people 
um, trying to uh, keep up with you. Just keep moving yourself. So, you know, just I guess that's just who I am. He's high energy, too. He was uh, on wow. that program. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's right. He's exactly. We were just going to say that. Like, we found out where your energy comes from. Yeah. Your, your pops was all about that. <laughs> No matter what happens for the rest of your life, you guys have that moment together. That's pretty cool, father son doing that together. Yeah, and I'll give them. They won't be able to like see me or talk to me this week. Can I give them a shout out? Of course, sure. you can. they're on Absolutely. their fiftieth wedding anniversary to uh, Ooh, Italy, man. to oh, Italy trip nice. of a lifetime. So uh, awesome. if they end up seeing this, mom and dad, happy anniversary. Yes. That is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, well, congratulations to the Ross family. Yeah, and it's all available on the Texans app, and you can take that with you anywhere. Okay, so cool. it's awesome. There we go. Nice plug. Uh, Frank, we, we, <laughs> we got we got a lot to talk about. Uh, one of the things that Mark and I always talk about are, are rules, and it feels like most rules impact your group, the special teams, more than any other. When the NFL decided kickoffs that are caught in between the, the goal line and the 25, you can fair catch, et cetera, what was your initial thought to that when the rule was enacted? And then, okay, the rule's in effect. There's nothing I can complain about it now. I got to adapt to it. How have you kind of adjusted to that rule? Because it feels like that's probably the biggest one that's changed from last year to this. Yeah, initial thought, um, knocking on the defensive coordinator's door, asking uh, if he wanted my resume for a QC job, <laughs> just because it's, you know, thinking about the game changing. Yeah. Here's, an, here's a heartfelt thought. I just don't want the fabric of the game to change. Right. Mm. You know, I mean, an opening kickoff is in the Super Bowl is the most electric. You see all the flat. I mean, that is just, it's just a dynamic moment in our world. Yeah. And um, so anyways, you know, I just wish it wouldn't change for that. And then my mind starts turning to your exact, you know, point. Just, okay, how are we going to adapt? How are we going to adjust? How is this going to affect, how's it going to affect players on the roster? How's it going to affect how you build your team? How's it going to affect, um, you know, what, what we can the gamesmanship is my mind. Right. Okay, what edge can I get on my opponent in anything I'm doing? So, okay, I'm trying to get that ball past the 25 for the offense. Okay, so how is that going to be accomplished now? How are the, is it going to be mitigated in risk on the other half of it now? So, um, you know, but, you know, I, I try to work under the, under the premise that, you know, the best ones play within how the game is being called. So, you know, whatever the rules are, we're going to find our best edge possible and move on from there. Yeah. Frank Ross, special teams coordinator with us. Okay, so with the fair catch situation on the kickoff, harder to tempt the return, right? Is it tempting to the opponent to return the ball if you kick it, say, to the 12? We might get it passed. Might be worth the risk, and maybe you can slam them inside the 20. Or are they going to automatically call for the fair catch? We don't know the answers to these questions. Yeah, that's right. And you can't use, and, and I don't want to – Ruffle any feathers, but you can't use necessarily college as an exact, um, you know, as an exact uh, data study. Right. right. Because it's a different game of space, timing right. the athlete's speed, the hash distance, the kicker's leg strength, the kicker's ability to get the ball elevated or not. Um, so it's not perfect. To your, you said it already, is we don't know. Um, but we're going to prepare as best we can for all, you know, opportunities in a, in a coverage way mm -hmm. in a return way. If we can get that thing passed, what is the time on the clock? And I think, you know, just frankly speaking, I do think that the most affect you will see from that rule being put in place is managing the clock and a half end of game situations. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Frank, last year, your special teams were, were number one in the league. And I often think about you in, when I watch special teams, not, not just our guys, but I watch throughout the league. And you know guys want to play you know, offense, defense. You know, they want to be stars on that side. But you've gotten your guys to buy into the fact that special teams matter even more. And 
then the results pay off. How have you gotten your guys to buy in so much to be such good units all across the board? What What is it that you've gotten them to buy into? The MJ Stewart's, the Eric Murray's of the world, they would love to start at safety or some other position, but you're getting them to buy into special teams and being a really big part of that. Man, it, it, it's it sounds like a simple question. It's also kind of a hard question uh, for two reasons. One, um, I with my every ounce of my being, I truly believe that it's it's not less important. Right. And for the for some that I understand the why, right? It's less time. It's but the simple response is how many go balls are caught for receivers for 40 plus yards a game? How many punts go for more than 40 plus yards a game? Every one. Yeah. Mm. So they are so critical of field position, whether that ends in a touchdown or not. And then the risk is huge. I mean, that punt team is our baby. And if you, you know, aren't mm. doing it right, only bad things can happen, right? right? You want good things to happen. So anyways, uh, you know, every ounce of fire in my beans says it really is not something that's hard to buy into. Right. Um, you know, and then for somebody that necessarily may be in a different role, a starting defensive player, it's if you love football, you need to make sure your P's and Q's on every on every down and distance, whether you're watching from the offense and you're a defense player, you're watching from the sidelines like that matters what they do and, and so on and so forth. So a complex question. Um, and, you know, I think more than buy in is just simply like, hey, if we, if we love football, here's a great chance and an opportunity to be on the football field. God, what a blade. Let's go. So, um I don't necessarily know if it's a if it's a convincing thing I need to do or you just you know you believe it truthfully or not. I think you answered it. You just said if you love football. Yeah. Because if you love football then you go out there and you know punt team is you know his kick team is you know playing defense it's nickel it's all this it's if you love football. If you love football. And if you find the guys that love football then you got an opportunity. Yeah, that's right. When you practice all right, so there's offense, defense, there's stuff going on. All of a sudden, it's your period, and you got to hit the ground running. I mean, I liken special teams coaches to drummers in bands. I, you guys are all crazy, right? I mean, Mike Westoff <laughs> and Joe Marciano was here, Larry is. You all have that in common, that high energy. Got to get out there and get it done fast. Otherwise, you're going to blow the time that you do have. There's a, a saying that I'll edit, but it's, you know, special teams is 10 pounds of dog <laughs> <laughs> in, in a paper bag right so it you got to cram it in is the point and by doing that the best way to do that is just you have to be make sure each person knows proactively detailed make sure each person knows where they have to go so organizational is super important in my opinion on that um because at the end of the day the the amount and volume that you get in a game is less and reps is less so you have to be buttoned up to make sure you're effective in those uh pieces of practice that are smaller so um yeah and then you gotta hit the ground running with the juice so you right. gotta make sure you're out there and people know um i'm not saying you gotta be loud but i don't necessarily think it's a quiet man's uh, role in mm -hmm. some essences so um you know if there's a chance for us to be better today we've got to make sure we have everybody where they're supposed to go then we can go and see if we can play ball i know the scoreboard is all that matters i understand that but i asked nick this a, a couple a couple years ago and I was always curious because there was you know, one of those game books. You get the game book at the end, uh, you know, from NFL GSIS, and it shows all the stats and everything. And it's always good to look back at that and go, oh, yeah, that, this was that. When you get that game book, being the special teams coordinator, is there a particular number that you look for more than any other number on there that matters in the stat book? I know a lot of them kind of don't matter, 
Obviously, the score does. We get that. But is there a number yeah. that you look at and go, yeah, man, we really got our job done today, and that number says that? For, first first thing I'm looking at, and it's not like a secret, like first thing I'm looking at is net punt. Okay. Net punt. Right. Uh, f- I think it was 40.5 coming off of the last game, uh, Miami game. Maybe it's 40.3, maybe. Um, and just to me, it's such a critical moment in the game, whether that's a – you know, a three and out after a, a, a drive with three incompletions, so you're punting from our own 25-yard uh, after a kickoff. You're yeah. punting from our own 25-yard line. Or, you know, the net might be less, but if we're punting from midfield and you're trying to pin them and give that 85-plus yard field to defend for the defense. Sure. So um, I, start, I, I, I my eyes instantly go to that net punt right there. Right. Um, and if we can uh, week to week be in the range that we're looking for, and we know it'll differ because, hey, if you're punting from midfield every game, that's right. probably a good thing. You're getting some drives going. Yeah, you <laughs> want to finish with points. But um, week to week, we want to know, hey, if we're minimizing damage in coverage, of course, and then um, relative to field position, how that w- how we just know that's going to translate on the actual, whether they relate to time of possession. They they're have to go long drives. Defense have got more chances to take the ball away. That all matters. Yep. All right, so I've got two more procedural things. Sure. One is – Whatever happened to the coffin corner? We used to see it all the time. We still sometimes see it, but why don't punters go for the corner? They're just trying to to go for the fair catch inside the 10. Is that the deal here? Yeah, so it's all relative to skill set. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a misnomer to tell a punter, hey, punt that thing out of bounds inside of the eight-yard line. That's a hard <laughs> skill set, man. I'm a, pun- I'm a special teams coach, and I can't punt the ball 12 yards. So, you know, I think uh, – I think maximizing, hey, do I have a really good gunner? <clears throat> Excuse me. Do I have a really good gunner that can get his butt to the goal line and turn around mm. and play like a catcher? And that way, if it's a if it's a pitch in the dirt, he can use his chest, his body to defend it and keep it from going in. Um, hey, what what is that returner looking like? Things like that. So uh, uh, to answer your question, year to year, that's going to change on how aggressive you can be based on mm. your skill set, et cetera. If you got a guy that can hang it up there, um, hey, uh, you know, we play in NRG. AFC South is a great, you know, division to punt in. Got a couple of domes, mm-hmm. you know, fair weather uh, teams. Mm-hmm. So um, generally speaking, it's not necessarily, you know, punting up Buffalo every weekend. So maybe having some more control can help. Um, but look, our goal at the end of the day is to to give our defense the longest field possible. So if that's a 92-yard uh, field to defend, if that's an 85-yard field to defend, we feel we have a good opportunity to uh, play some defense after that. Frank, you know more than anybody else that there's been a lot of change in this building. However, you and the three specialists, John Weeks, Cameron Johnston, and Kami Fairbairn, have been together for the last three years. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about the, the relationship of those three and what they've meant to the special teams as well. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I appreciate you including me in that, but it's those guys' teams. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, the coach kind of puts in plan a – a place or in place a plan and uh, a progression from build you from OTAs to pre to training camp to preseason mm-hmm. and I got to get them ready kind of all marching in the same direction but it's their team right and when you kind of turn it over to guys like John Weeks like Cam and Amy um, you're going to be in a good spot in my opinion those guys are professional um, they come to work every single day and they have a high level of care so, I mean, if the special teams world uh, in the special teams room, if you've got guys that are ready to work, high level of care, and then add in that they're good at their physical skills, good at their jobs consistently, you got a chance to be successful. Let's hope 
uh, you know, those guys are continuing on that path here for 23. All right. We do the games with Andre Ware, and he always complains about this. If the touchback on mm. kickoffs comes to the 25, why don't punts come to the 25? He wants the touchback on kickoffs to go back to the 20 anyway, but that's another point. But why is it different, Frank? Yeah. There. Overall, special teams is the most over-officiated play <laughs> in football. Like, like the ref will put his belt buckle on that 40-yard line. And if you're not in that setup zone on kick return and you're the, the heel cleat of your shoe is touching that stripe like it's a flag, does that matter? I mean, I don't want to say it doesn't. So you play within the rules, right? Mm -hmm. But um, they got all these rules about, you know, touchback lines and gunner possession on a field and a punt. Uh <laughs> Kick catch versus fair catch interference, running out of bounds, staying out of bounds, um, touchback lines, time of possession, how it's affected. Uh, let me just, I sh I'm getting long winded. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Frank, thanks a lot for joining us, and we look forward to a haircut soon if you'll have us. Come on. I don't know. I, can are we, we do allowed? It? Can we do it on here? Oh yeah, let, oh yeah, let's go. Get I'll you. I'll let this grow out and next yes. time I would be honored actually. I special I specialize in the high and tight if you can't tell. <laughs> so I appreciate you asking. That's good. All right, thanks okay. a lot, coach. Thank you, thank you. I've now known Coach Ross for three years, and I I just found out about the deal or no deal literally twenty minutes before we were about to interview him. And Mark and I were as Mark said, we were watching it together in the studio, just dying on deal or no deal. It's it's fantastic. It's Frank, his pops. It's awesome. It is awesome. I just absolutely, I love it. I adore that guy, and he is one heck of a football coach. Frank Ross, appreciate you joining us on the show this evening. All right, we get back. DP Sidhu sat down with the legendary, still rocking Jerry Hughes. That's next right here in Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Texans All Access from Monday Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and about to be joined by another JH and one of my great friends, D.P. Sidhu. It's time for our Deep Slant interview of the week, and D.P. sat down with the venerable former Fort Bend ISD running back All-State, Jerry Hughes. Running back, yeah, back in the day. My dad actually coached against him when he was a running back. My dad told me about... Hey, there's this running back at TCU. I'm like, running back? Well, no, no, no. Now he's a defensive end. I'm like, wait a second. You do the math on that. Well, TCU turned him into a defensive end, and the rest is history. Jerry Hughes is fantastic. So is DP, and they sat down for this interview. And boy, it's glorious. Let's go. It's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. Joining me, Jerry Hughes, year 14, year <sighs> two with the Texans. First of all, can we just talk about your adorable family that was at oh, training camp? Yeah, no, they are incredible. Got four beautiful kids and an amazing wife. And so whenever they get the opportunity to, they always want to come out and root for the Texans. Make sure they first see Toro for anything. Of that's, course, yeah. That's always like an absolute must get their high fives in and then they're ready for football like D'Amico Ryan you've got a birthday that falls in camp every year so yeah. this is how you celebrate your birthday every year is oh yeah they come oh, out yeah. and see watch you practice and they make it worthwhile I, I get signs homemade cake you can never go wrong with homemade cake. no I saw the sign yeah. they're all and, and you that you just recently had another one the fourth one yeah. is a baby yeah how old is the baby baby hold he'll be six months uh, okay. on the 23rd is that today Yes. Six months today. Well, maybe yeah, stop yeah. by and get some presents. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say he doesn't need any more, but he'll certainly take him with a smile. How old are the other kids? I got a seven year old, a five year old, and a two year old. Oh, okay. 
okay. So yeah, we're we're stacked up. And they kind of know that J- that dad plays in the NFL. The older ones. The older ones do. My two year old, he's just happy to be out of the house. He was born during <laughs> like COVID, so you Aww. know, just take him out of the house, roll the window down in the car, and that's just that'll make his day. All right. So you and John Weeks have been in the league for 14 years. Yeah. I asked D'Amico Ryan's about this earlier. So when you were a rookie, he was still playing in the league, and you guys were in the same division. You were with the Colts. Yeah. He was here with the Texans. Do you remember anything about D'Amico? I'm sure it was a blur your first few years, but what do you remember about him as a player? Uh, you know what? I was actually here in high school when he first got drafted in 06. So I just remembered uh, the Texans picking him, then going with uh, or Mario Williams first, then they picked him in the uh, second round. It was just great just to see – you know, the organization boost up the uh, defense, us on, in, on from the fans' perspective. We were excited about it. And then just watching all of his highlights, watching him play his rookie year. I took off to college, went four years in TCU, came back, uh, was with the Colts my rookie year. And, no, I mean, when you're on defense, you focus so much on yeah. the offense and vice versa. So it was really just all about the Texans' offense at that time. But it was just more so just – being a fan and just watching the Texans defense play on the sidelines uh, during those Sunday bouts. Yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that you were in high school when he started playing, so yeah. you knew all about him getting drafted. I asked him, he said he, that you two had not really ever met until he started coaching here. Is that true? That is true. That's true. I mean, like I said, when you play defense, you focus so much on the opposing team offense. You know just about every player. You know what they like to do, what their interests are. I mean, you're really that just locked into who you Really, I would say is our opponent versus actually, you know, going against another defensive player. So half the time, defensive yeah, players you don't really know you, you don't really know each other that much unless you meet in the off season. Maybe went to school with the guys mm-hmm. or worked out or something like that. But other than that, on the field talk, like after games, it's always defense and offense. The guys just joking it up. So now that you are playing for him, is that strange to have a guy that's kind of like your peer? I guess he's still older than you, but yeah. <laughs> what's it like playing for a guy that was a former player that is so recently retired from the NFL? Oh, man, it's so cool. It's like a full circle moment. Just someone who is just, like you said, that was just on the field with us, lacing it up. Now he's on the other side, giving a uh, coach's point of view, being able to kind of talk to guys, but it's so relatable throughout all of our meetings, which I think everyone's been able to kind of really gravitate towards, is just because of how young, how relatable he is, and he's able to kind of explain things that we see on the field versus it being kind of taught to us. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get the best of uh, both ends with him and uh, Coach Burke being able to kind of explain that defense and break it down for us. You you said full circle, and I think of Dylan Horton getting drafted, <laughs> and he and you had seen a guy wearing your number at TCU, yeah. and now you guys are teammates. So yeah. what's it like having all these rookies? I know Will Anderson is full of praise for how much you've helped him along. So as the veteran of the group, what's it like, you know, having such young players in a such a diverse, I would say, D line group, oh, veterans, man. super yeah. young guys. It's it's so cool. Like uh, like with Will, Will was w- one of the guys who I voted for for the lot award i was able to receive okay. that in uh, college and so every year they'll send me a little finalist semi-finalist and things like that and just looking up will stats and voting for him and then now being his teammate meeting dylan last year at, at his spring game him taking a picture with my son just because i was just showing my kids look there's number 98 and then explaining to my kids how you can make that transition from college to the pros the importance of school it was a real cool full circle wow. moment with him and just 
those two guys, being actually to be teammates with them, but knowing a little bit about their college career as well. And, you know, for myself, being so far removed from college sports and then still being able to connect with guys. You're still connected very still, much so. Right, right, yeah. right. It, it, it was so cool to see those guys' names be, being called and then being able to work with them throughout the offseason. It's been an amazing uh, first start for us. And I just can't wait for the season to kind of roll around yeah. and just to – pull it back so we can kind of really dive in deep to, you know, being football players, being pros, and then watching them just grow throughout the years. It, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so Will Anderson, you voted for him for the Lot Award. Did yeah. you Have you told him this? No, I don't know. You haven't? No, no, no. I don't you should even, tell him you were one of the I mean, one of his votes. He's an Alabama guy. He probably <laughs> has gotten like so many <laughs> awards and accolades. He probably wouldn't know what the lot of words. Yeah, 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 I'll have to bring it up to him sometime. You should. Oh, yeah. what, so what puts you over the top with him versus some? I mean, there's a lot of great players in this country, but what, oh. what, what, what do you think put him over the top for you? Being able to watch him on Saturdays and seeing how explosive he mm. was. So it was like his explosion and the way he just jumped off the, off the film that matched his stats, his numbers, it just all of his production. And that's what you like to see, guys who are going out there producing. But then how do they look when they play? He's always someone who just has a knack for being around the ball, wants to be somewhere where he can take the ball out, trying to be that game changer. And that's mm. what I like. All right, so what's it like relating with some of the younger guys in the locker room? Is it weird? I mean, music's different. Yeah. I remember we've had veteran guys say, oh, the music's so different. They have different <laughs> music. They communicate differently. They're on their phones using social media yeah. differently. than. I mean, what's the biggest difference, do you think, for you with some of these younger players? I think I've been really lucky. A lot of them have had older brothers and sisters, like older siblings. So, like, the music isn't too far off. Like, I'll catch them turn on, like, they're listening to, like, some Montel's uh, – Oh, 90s? Sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like <laughs> 90s R&B. And I'm kind of like, big, yeah. looking back, or like early 2000s, I'm like, you guys are like five years old and this song came out and they're like bobbing their heads, singing oh, word okay. for word. Somebody got up the other day and sang Candy Rang by uh, New Edition. And <laughs> I was just like, Who was wow, that? wow, oh my gosh. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't want to put them out there like that. Oh, okay. That. Was this the Rookie Talent it Show? It was the Rookie Talent Show. Okay. I felt like the vocals were good, but you know, guys oh, are a little yeah. self-conscious mm -hmm. about their vocals. I don't want them to kind of be on the spot where you might have <laughs> so to perform nice again, you. You know, I felt like I should be in the old vet, but you know, I'll take it easy on the young guys. But I mean, I've been really lucky with it. They've been playing a lot of music that I've been able to kind of listen to. Like I say, Rod Wave is still kind of new to me, but okay, I can kind of, I can kind of, you can, you can transition. I can to move, yeah, yeah, music. yeah. I can, I can two step to that guy. Oh, you know? I like that. All right, so what was your rookie talent show act? Do you remember? Oh my gosh, uh, my rookie talent show was at Ruth Chris. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, why? yeah. Because it was, was just it, eating steak it was or? just more so providing food for the D line. So oh, it wasn't really much so more much of a, of a talent. talent. No, no, it wasn't. It was a great moment for us to come together. <laughs> until I saw the bill, and then I was like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It was like forty five, wow. fifty thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, welcome yeah, to the yeah. NFL w with your first big welcome check. indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the first time I'd ever seen a steakhouse deliver like frozen steaks and water bottles to people's cars, <laughs> like out to like valet. Guys went grocery shopping. Oh, they bought stuff for later to they eat, too. Bought, yeah, oh, wow. they were nice enough to think about their family and loved ones at <laughs> home so kind of on my on my dime. So certainly, yeah. All right, so you're not a rookie anymore. Last right. year, you had such a quietly fantastic year, I think. For the season the team had, you were just such a bright spot with what you were able to do year 13. I don't think anybody really knew how you were going to produce or what you were going to yeah. produce. When you look back at last year, what do you think was the key for you? And, and do you think about this year how you can build on it? Oh, certainly. I think the key for me was just staying in the moment, always being relevant, just focusing on the game, not worried about past mistakes, past failures mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's just always, always 
worried about what's going on Sunday, what's going on this down in distance, uh, this point in the quarter, just trying to just really just live in that moment. And I found myself doing that more, having a lot more fun, playing faster, being free, and just being myself. And I think that's that's the most key thing. That's a, or at least that's what I've discovered at year 13. That's probably the most key uh, in this business, in this league, of how you're going to do things. It's not really worrying about what you did last week, how you messed up at practice. It's just more – or the first quarter, the first drive. is what's going on now. How can you be present now, live in that moment now? And I think just me being able to do that and tap into that mentally really helped me out a lot last season. It's what I kind of passed down to the other guys in the locker room, in my room, so that they understand, you know, it's 17 games. It's, it's going to be a long journey. But let's not worry about, you know, what happened last week. Not not focus on things you can't control. Always worried about your controllables. And I think for me that was really, really key for me last year and probably really helped me out a lot. Why do you think you learned that in year 13? What what was different about last year that you really had that lesson taught to you? I think it was just coming off of the year we had in Buffalo, being so close to that AFC championship game, being one play away, 13 seconds away really. Mm. And then coming here and, you know, Starting all over. This is uh, we were rebuilding at the time, so you know we were just working on how to get that W. I think that was the most important part going in week in and week out. How do we find ways just to win this ball game? And when you're with a young team, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, Monday through Friday before you even get to Sunday. And a lot of people, sure. a lot of guys, got to understand that as far as film study, taking care of your body, just doing the little nuances to just get yourself ready and, and prepared so you can go out and play fast. You got to do it. There's no steps you can skip there's no magic pill that you can take and you know poof you're ready to go all those things are very important and so I think just making sure everybody understood that on the field I knew that as a 13 year old vet but it was just reiterating it to everyone on on the team because the great thing about football is that we're a three-phase team sport offense defense Mm -hmm. special teams everybody has to go out there execute do their job at a high level and then we get the outcome but if we're lacking in any department, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough tier overtime type game or you might not get the outcome you want. And I think that was just me understanding that at, at year 13 was just like a light bulb moment. All right. So this year, what sort of goals do you have for yourself? And does the change in defensive scheme feel like that helps you? Do you feel like, oh, this is like a, another thing I've got to sort of adapt my skill set to? How do you approach it here in your I think with this scheme just being around it all offseason, it's something that uh, I'm going to really enjoy, just about attacking, being fast. That's something that I've always wanted to play. That's how I practice. It's just being fast, being able to process things fast. And so I think this just fits my skill level uh, to a T. And then now it's just about getting everybody else on board, getting the entire D-line on board, getting the entire defense, then letting that matriculate all the way down to special teams offense because we're a young team, yes, but there's no reason why we can't go out there and do it now. I know everyone says, oh, you're young, worry about it next year. We're young, we have a lot of talent, why not now? And so it's just letting those guys understand that, you know, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to count on us for the future, but what happens if we go out there and do it now? What are they going to say then? And it's just getting, and you got to just prepare yourself mentally for that. Like I said, it's it's 17 weeks. It's a long season. So it's really just about breaking it down into quarters. What I like to do, what I've learned from some of, some of the uh, coaches in the past, is just breaking the uh, season down into quarters. And in this first quarter, we got four games. How are we going to come about with those four games in mind and just moving along? You know, uh, we got guys coming from college who've been playing and, you know, college playoff games, bowl games. So their seasons 
especially in the football sense, it's very, very long. It's up to it's a us. Lot longer, yeah, right? yeah, it's mm-hmm. up to us who've been here, who've been pros, that these guys might hit this rookie wall. And you, you might see them, you know, moving around a, end of a little November, bit slower. early yeah. December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got to just keep in mind, man. You know, find your purpose. Rem- yeah. Remember your purpose day in and day out while you're coming here to practice, and just make sure that you're always there to check off those boxes. And I think if we can keep doing that, keep finding ways to get better, sky's the limit for us. It's going to be fun to watch. No doubt Jerry Hughes and DPC to appreciate them for stopping by. Stopping by next, a little Bobby Trees with Double D right here on Texans All Access. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, your host, and about to be joined by Robert Woods, who sat down with Andrew Doherty. Yeah, Drew Doherty. And they talked about this matchup in New Orleans. Here we go. Bobby Trees, Drew Doherty, let's go. Always good to be joined by Robert Woods, veteran wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Robert, tell me about playing the Saints Always you want to win a game. Always you want to exit a preseason game with everyone healthy. But individually, what's the goal for you in this final tune-up before the regular season? I think this is our our last prep going into week one and what we want to put on tape and show fans in the NFL what this Houston Texas team is about this year. It would be a really good chance to go against their team. They have a lot of offensive weapons led by Derek Carr over there. And then on the defensive side, a player who's been consistent throughout his career, Cameron Jordan, leading their guys on the, on the defensive side. So it would have been a really good challenge to go against them throughout the week and going against them for our last preparation in the preseason, going out there and seeing a good defense, a good offense. Really just want to go out there and start fast. Like I said, it's our last test and want to, want to leave a good impression. Yeah, D'Amico Ryans earlier in the week, he said starters, frontline guys, probably going to play a couple series and don't know how much the Saints starters and frontline guys are going to play. But on the whole, you're going to see these guys later on in the regular season. Yeah. You brought up Cameron Jordan. Tell me about this Saints defense, what stands out to you the most, aside from him. Yeah, I would say a physical group. I wouldn't say their defense has been a great defense for the past years. I think kind of since they kind of had their crew of guys, they've been consistent, know how to get after the quarterback. Secondary has been very sound and getting the ball back and play great defense. I think they move fast. I think it would be a good challenge for our offense being able to get these guys to move, get them running, make them play discipline with their eyes and how we move guys around. It would be a great challenge. Get started right away, get a chance to go against a good defense to get ready for Baltimore who's coming up. But um, it's going to be a challenge. It's all about us. It's all about what we put on tape. It doesn't matter if they have their starters out here. We're trying to execute our game plan and get done what we need to get done. When you and I chit-chatted before the season started, you were really optimistic about this offense, the direction it's headed. In between then and now, about a month and change, what's different about that idea of optimism? How much more optimistic are you? What are you seeing now that you've, you've been through that makes you, you know, pretty excited about what's to come? Yeah, very excited. Just seeing, I, honestly, CJ and Juice. These are our young guys. Juice at the line, making the right reads, making the right points on the plays, running and pass, CJ being able to be comfortable and confident in the pocket, as well as being protected. We have a lot of guys who are surrounding these two young players, and um, you see it's coming together well. And even even Tank as well, coming and making plays. There's a lot of key components to help this offense contribute and be successful. Um, you see guys playing very fast, and it's coming off the ball right away, the first step, and I think the optimism is still there, and even growing just because the timing is, is starting to click. The run plays are clicking. The chemistry has been built and uh, just starting to feed off of it and going into to the year. That's exciting. You know, you're 31 years old. In the grand scheme of life, you're a young man. Yeah. In the NFL, that means you've got a healthy amount of experience. What's it like 
being in a wide receiver room and having that amount of experience with the guys who are around you? Yeah, I would say sharing it. I think I, I've always been of a guy who worked hard and being able to give some knowledge and some pointers to our receiver group, kind of leading our room for like the past six, seven years now. But really just trying to give, give our guys energy, knowing that they can do everything that coach is asking them to do, have the confidence to make these plays. And I think now in my career is growing and kind of just spreading this around outside of the receiver room, whether it's the tight ends, the linemen, the quarterbacks, the running backs, being able to share this wisdom and kind of bring everybody along and not just our room. It's a long season. We're a young team and it has to happen now. So kind of just spreading out through our tight ends, our quarterbacks, being that leader throughout our offense. All right, last thing, before the game, what sort of stuff are you listening to? Are you doing to get ready for a contest? I'm listening a little bit of everything, every single artist. I kind of start my day and game mode with kind of some chill music, whether it's some R&B or just some chill house. Starting real slow, but by the time I'm running routes and, and really out there, the music is cranked up, the tempo is built. I'm listening, to, like I said, every artist from Lil Baby to Drake to some LA local artists, but whatever gets the, the tempo going, the heart rate up, Ready to take some heads off right there as soon as the kickoff comes. Robert Woods, best of luck against the Saints. We really do appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a huge Robert Woods fan. I was just a fan of his game in general. He went to Buffalo, but really when he went to the L.A. Rams. And I still see him roasting our defensive backs back in 2017 uh, on a 95-yard deep route. Just been a big fan of his game. I hated the fact he tore his ACL in that Rams Super Bowl season. Uh, I think, yes, they won a championship, but I think with Woods, uh, I think they would have been even that much more of a fine-tuned machine. Shoot, we saw him here at NRG Stadium, and they just did whatever they wanted to. It was the one game all year that the Texans were completely outclassed. That in Buffalo. I mean, just badly. They did whatever they wanted to that day. Uh, and a big reason for that was Robert Woods. And now... He's a Texan, and that is great news. So I appreciate Robert Woods and Drew Doherty, D.P. Sidhu and Jerry Hughes, D'Amico Ryans and Frank Cross, of course, my man Mark Vandermeer, and all of you for listening. We'll see you next time, and as always, go Texans.